Well, hey, Kairos. I'll say bless the Lord if you'll say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Ah. Welcome back to the attic, um, to which I hope is our final time. If you're just tuning in a little bit late, we just announced that we're headed back inside to in-person gatherings inside in Hudson Hall, where the AC works. We're moving from Tuesday nights to Sunday evenings at 4 p.m. You can scroll back if you want to hear that announcement. We should be up and live streaming from that room, and I'd love for you to join us. Got a question for you. Have you ever seen this sign before? Beware of dog. Usually that sign's like on a chain link fence or a rickety old private privacy fence. It's attached to a house that's kind of shady and you have a morally suspect owner that shares spike collars with their dogs. And now listen, I'm not unsympathetic. I once had an aggressive dog uh, that attacked any human being under three feet tall. But I refused to get that sign because I didn't want to be too judgmental or label him. I love dogs, but when I see that sign, beware of dog, I get nervous. This is probably because I was traumatized in college. I lived off campus my junior and my senior year and my second senior year, thanks to FAFSA. Didn't know I had to pay that money back. But we packed five dudes in a two-room, half-bedroom place, and we had a sign out front that said, beware of termites. This was in West Palm Beach City. And there was a row of houses around our place that led to our favorite pizza joint named Ambrosia's. And we'd usually go that way to get lunch. But along the way, there was a rickety old privacy fence that said, beware of dog. Now, normally we would just hear Cujo barking in the house. But one day as I was strutting up, acting all big and bad with my homies, getting ready for a slice and a Coke for $4.99, we passed by that fence. And all of a sudden, a bark that sounded like a dire wolf snaps off like four or five M80s blowing up toilet bowls, and it scares a couple of us so bad, we're looking for the nearest toilet bowl. We laugh and we imagine the dog from Sandlot is behind there and someone says, forever, forever. By the time I actually get up to the fence and pass it, I can't see the dog, but I can hear it. And it's jumping against that fence and it's buckling underneath the weight of that beast. So trying to act funny and tough, I start barking as loud as I can. And I puff out my chest in a moment of bravado, acting like my alpha male just put that beta dog in its place. And when I was what I assumed was a safe distance away from the dog, I hear the baritone barking of the dog right behind me, biting the back of my legs. I shriek in terror like a preschool girl separated from her mommy and her passy for the first time and I start high-stepping like my hair was on fire. I look back only to catch a glimpse of my roommate Jorge who was barking like a dog and hitting the back of my legs with a stick. So not funny, George. God forgives, but I'm never going to forget. If there was a sign posted on our text tonight... It would say, beware of dogs, or more appropriately, beware of wolves, or more literally, beware of wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. Jesus is going to warn us to be cautious in the Christian community to look out for these cannibal animals. Let's read it together. Psalm 
our psalm. Matthew 5, and we'll start in verse 15. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Matthew 7, starting in verse 15. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by your fruits, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? And did we not perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, depart from me. I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. So two types of animals producing two types of fruit. Wolves and bad fruit. Sheep and good fruit. Now this is hard for me because I like the idea of a wolf. A wolf is strong, it's majestic, and it's howling at the wind, and it's running with its wolf pack, and it's sitting still as an artist airbrush its lightness on the side of black cargo vans. Team Jacob all the way, dude. Wolves can't be all that bad. I mean, Michael J. Fox was like the first teen wolf, and it helped him get the girl, buy beer, surf on top of a van, and play basketball. Dude, I want to dance with wolves. That sounds fun. Maybe White Fang could be my lap dog. I like the idea of a wolf, but not the reality. The reality is that these are cannibal animals that are deadly predators. And if we are the sheep of God, and Jesus is our good shepherd, then we certainly should beware of wolf. But a wolf dressed in a sheep's clothing? That's just downright sinister. So, men and women, as we take this journey of discipleship to Jesus as his sheep, and we're walking through the narrow gate and along the narrow way that we talked about last week, in the words of the hymn writer, we need to remember there will be many toils, trials, and snares. And one of those snares is we need to be aware of wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. According to Jesus, there will be wolves in the flock trying to pass as if they were sheep. They'll be in the church trying to pass as prophets and pastors. Now, according to this text, the wolves we need to be aware of are fake disciples with fake fruit. A wolf in sheep's clothing is someone who tries to fake discipleship by outward deeds, but denies the inward realities and character of Christ. Wolves in sheep's clothing or false prophets here are not just men and women who are guilty of heresy and wrong belief. That was described in 1 John chapter 4 that way. But rather here... Jesus describes them as people with a lot of charisma, but no character. They're here to exploit, manipulate, and ultimately devour God's people because of their uncontrollable appetites. I love how Eugene Peterson translates this passage. He says, hey, be wary of false preachers who smile a lot, dripping with practice sincerity. Ooh, chances are they're going to rip you off some way or the other, so don't be impressed with charisma Look 
for character. Who preachers are is the main thing, not what they say. A genuine leader will never exploit your emotions or your pocketbook. They are diseased trees with their bad apples, and they're going to be chopped down and burned. The problem for us is many of us love charisma, and we couldn't care less about character. This is not only a problem for us in the church, it's also a problem in our relationships. As long as the sheep's fur looks good, who cares if there's a wolf hiding underneath? It's a problem for us in our jobs. As long as they get the job done and get results, who cares what kind of person they really are or what they're really after? Most of us don't realize the true nature of a wolf pretending to be a sheep until we've been bitten and we're bleeding out. And what's even more scary is some of us assume we're sheep and don't realize we've started snarling and attacking those closest to us and that our wolfish behavior is crippling our closest relationships. So what are we to do? How do we know if we are following Jesus or just fooling ourselves? Are we sheep or are we wolves? How do I know I won't be one of the people Jesus looks at after I tell him, hey, look at my fine sheep fur and my amazing religious resume of church attendance, missions, service, and small group involvement. Then he says to me, depart from me. I never knew you. What do I do if I realize I have the skin of a sheep but the appetites and desires of a wolf? What do I do if I've never really been born again and I've just been pretending and play-acting at being a Christian so I can slaughter others to fill my belly with my wolfish appetites and ambitions? I would say to you, repent and believe. Quit hiding up, covering up, and dressing up. Confess your sins and turn to God to ask him to transform you from the inside out. Begin the journey of discipleship where your inner character is more important than your words. Faith without works is dead. And it is fake fruit and fake discipleship that we want to get rid of. Real discipleship and real fruit only comes from abiding in Christ. Abide in me and I in you and you'll produce much fruit. That's John 15, 4. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. It's Galatians 5, 22. I love what Oliver Wendell is credited as saying. Most people are willing to take the teaching of Jesus here as a flag to sail under. But few will use it as a rudder by which to steer. The way we move from wolves to sheep is by salvation and through discipleship. When we don't just fly the Christian flag, but we let the words of Jesus and the way of Jesus steer our ship and our lives. And this happens when we simply and seriously decide, I will do what Jesus knows is best for me. So let us, men and women, abide in Christ. Let us spend specific and intentional time with Jesus. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers as well. And this takes time and practice and the church and the community of Jesus who have all agreed to abide like Christ, to become like Christ. When we're simply put, I am with Jesus to learn from Jesus how to be like Jesus. Once this becomes our reality and our rudder, our lives can surely sing with prophetic integrity the words of the hymn written by a former slave trader turned Christian abolitionist. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. 
Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. Amen. Let's take 120 seconds and practice our listening prayer. Question for you. Where are there wolves in your life? What relationships do you have that deep down you know this person is probably a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing? Pray for that person and what your response needs to be so that you are not deceived and eventually attacked. Second question. Is there any wolfish behavior in you that you need to repent of? Are you following Jesus or just faking it? Where do you need the goodness of the gospel and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit to cut down and burn your fake and rotting fruit and replant it and replace it with the fruit of the Spirit? Amen.